0: Welcome to Baptist Vices. This podcast is designed to engage the Baptist community in challenging thought. We hope to not just promote negative propaganda that is raised against Baptist thought, but to biblically analyze some of these thoughts and provide biblical solutions. We hope you enjoy today's program. And now your host, Dr. Steve Dameron. Hello, again, and welcome to Baptist Vices. Doc is in the house. And we're happy that you joined us on a podcast. Today we are gonna have Pastor Tom Brennan with us. He pastors Bible Baptist Church in Dubuque, Iowa. There's a lot of experience. He pastored in Chicago, pastored in Pennsylvania, was an assistant. And been in the ministry for a number of years. I know well over two decades. We'll try to clarify that when he uh, gets on. But uh, he's going to be hosting a module at his church for Independent Baptist Seminary in Dubuque, Iowa in May. So we'll give you those specific dates. Uh, I believe it's May 16th, 17th, and 18th. It's a Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday in May, and it's on the life of Christ. So looking forward to talking to him. I'm going to interview him about that module coming up hopefully get some interest and then we'll give you some information how to reach out but again a joy to have him with us today on Baptist Vices. Well welcome to Baptist Vices. it's great to have Pastor Tom Brennan here with us. welcome to the podcast. Well thank you good to be good to be back. all right and you're the podcast man. All right, I'll let you promote all your stuff. So are you doing another podcast now?
1: Uh yeah, I'm part of a group of a uh, three guys. Um we put out what's called the issues podcast. Uh we just put out our this is our first season. We'll have about fifteen episodes, I think.
0: Okay. Um by issues yeah. are you
1: guys um in therapy or <laughs> Yes, we're 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 admitting that we have issues while we're addressing issues. Yes. You're not the first person to have said that. Uh, and it's entirely
0: accurate. All right. So what we're talking about is a module coming up in Dubuque. So I'm I'm going to, so when is the module? All right. We want to make sure to get that out there. So when it is, is
1: May, it is May 16th, 17th and 18th, a so Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday.
0: Okay. Uh, here in Dubuque. All right. And it'll be, I can't remember the timing. Are we doing like nine to four or something like that? It's it's I pretty I think we long. were doing
1: five hours. We were doing five hours a day plus five. lunch. Right. So however that that yeah, gets so started.
0: nine to three, and we'll mm-hmm. do an hour break for lunch. Um, we were thinking of doing uh, actually. I was thinking of doing four days, but we shrunk it to three. We thought that would be easier for somebody traveling in. Right. So right. Uh, if they're wanting, and we're going to post this um, on Facebook and try to get. We already did one Facebook post. But we're trying to stir up some interest on the module. Uh, so the module is May sixteenth, seventeenth, eighteenth. It's in Dubuque, Iowa, and it's at your church. So, what is the topic?
1: The topic is my favorite topic of all: the life of Christ. Um, and it the the idea of the course is that it it will attempt to help the student place Christ in his own time, showing the historical and cultural context of the events of his life as we discuss them chronologically. Okay. So we'll spend a lot of time delving into what was going on around Jesus and in the Jewish world and in the Jewish mind as he, as he acts and reacts to things around him.
0: Mm, awesome. Um, so there's probably a number of things, but how did you come to your love for the study of the life of Christ?
1: You know, I think that's a really provoking question. I, I think that every Christian loves Christ. Yeah. And I don't say that patronizingly. I think that's genuinely true. We all love Christ. Yeah. And so there there is that sense as you grow closer to him, you love him more. Yeah. Um, is it Paul or Peter? I get them mixed up. Who said, grow in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Yes. Yeah, the more Peter, you know three. of him. Yeah. yeah. Right. The more you know of him, the more you want to know of him. Yeah. Um, as as I pastored as of now, as of this conversation, 26 years, and the longer I pastored, the more I came to realize that if my preaching is really going to be preaching the Word of God, that I'm going to be preaching Jesus Christ a lot because Jesus Christ is the great theme of Scripture. As Graham Scroggy said, he's the scarlet thread that runs through the Word of God from one end to the other. Yep. And so – Then I realized that I needed to spend more time studying him. I I grew up in church. My dad was a pastor, so I grew up going to church. I went to Christian school. I went to Bible college. And so I knew the stories of the life of Christ, but I didn't really understand why Jesus did what he did and why he said what he said. And my father had given me a book that sat on my shelf for years, Collecting Dust, a big, thick 1,500-page book, book. by Edersheim called The Life (laughs) and Times of Jesus the Messiah. Oh, oh, yeah. Uh Uh-oh. Becoming a rural pastor in England for most of his life, which gave him a lot of time to write. So he combined that Jewish background, a a deep knowledge of the Talmud and the Mishnah and, and, and those sorts of things, Jewish theology and practice, with... An acceptance of Christ as the Messiah, and he marries those two in that book. And he's a he's a he's a really careful scholar, so he cites an enormous number of resources. And I I picked up the book and I started reading it. And I realized, Brother the damn I didn't know anything hardly about Jesus Christ. I knew what he had done, yeah, but I didn't know why he had done it. And yeah. so, I it took me two years to read those fifteen hundred pages. I read them. Three times I, I would read par I would read paragraph again and again and again until I understood it. Yeah. But since then, that really I, I put that book down for the last time, and I felt like it was a life changing thing, and it really was. And since then, I've I've just just continued whatever my reading stack is. I'm always reading six or seven books. There's always a book in there about Jesus. Just always is.
0: Mm, amen. And. So with that, I know, all right, so with Alfred Edersheim, so I can remember that in my life. So um, in my life, you know, I, I had, this is kind of interesting, I had a, um, I was saved at eight years old and grown up in church. Uh, my parents went to church. My grandparents went to church. I think my great-grandparents went to church. Um mm-hmm. And uh, some of them uh, grew up in the south, uh, so they had that uh, southern flair of going to church all the time, too. Mm-hmm. And then they moved to Cleveland, Ohio. And when I was in Cleveland uh, going to, uh, and I had the privilege of going to Christian school, but I went through a spell that I I didn't really care about God. I didn't care about anything, but I had a teacher that loved the Bible and I can remember it was in 10th grade in um, study hall. They gave me my first concordance. And it started me on a love Mm. for the word of God. So then I go to Bible college. I can remember having the life of Christ. But it was in my senior year of Bible college and then going to get my master's that I found Edersheim.
1: Mm.
0: And I can remember the same thing. I came away, after reading Edersheim, like, all right, I've been studying this all my life, and where did this guy come from? <laughs> because yeah. I yeah. seem like I know zero. And then it made me dig a little bit. So uh, after getting a master's degree, so I teach in Bible college, and then we developed uh, a graduate program, and I started teaching uh, different different aspects of ministry, and I remember finding... Uh, just, I remember finding the Jewish encyclopedia (laughs) and Mm -hmm. uh, different things like that and reading Mm -hmm. through them and finding, you know, the Jewish mindset. Right. And that just, it really opens your mind because, you know, we have a different, Americans just have a different mindset than uh, a person growing up 2,000 years ago in the Middle East. And um, so that's interesting uh, that uh, Edersheim, opened up opened up that world for you he
1: did yeah, he really did
0: so how much time um and what we're trying to do is get people interested in taking this class so how much time have you spent studying
1: this topic of the life of christ i'll give you the answer to that question but i don't want to i don't want to think i'm trying to impress people i'm not i i I, but i i think i've spent about a thousand hours on the life of christ And I came to that number because I started totaling up how much time I spent reading, -reading, rereading, collating information, uh, designing course material, uh, teaching, preaching, and writing about the life of Christ. I've done all of those over the past probably two – well, I'd say 15, but especially the past 10 years. And I've found different formats in which to develop it and use it. Uh, and it's it's a constant pursuit. It's not the sort of thing that I study. There have been other aspects like eschatology yeah. or music or something where I studied it thoroughly for a long time, and then I set it off to the side for the most part. But this is something I've never set off to the side. I'm continually adding to it. And so um, a, a lot of that time is, is the teaching and the preaching and the writing. I preached 132 long sermon series on the life of Christ. Okay. And then I wrote uh about uh I don't know 175 blog posts about the life of Christ. That's when I first started writing and um hmm. so you know you're you're meditating on these things again and again and again and again and again. Yeah. And of course, as you meditate on the Lord and on the things of the Lord, you 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 discover more things, you find new things because he's infinite. Yeah. Right? Yeah, it is. We'll never come to the end of him. Yeah, I know. Um, and so what are
0: you already mentioned one of them? Uh, one of your favorite resources is Edersheim, Alfred Edersheim. Um, So what are some of your other favorite resources uh, when it comes to the life of Christ?
1: I think Dwight Pentecost uh, has put out a really good book on the life of Christ called The Words and Works of Jesus Christ. Uh, He taught a course on the life of Christ at Dallas Theological Seminary for a long time, I mean maybe 20 years, and his book is a synthesis of that. He doesn't show you the He's not as good of a writer as Ed in the sense of painting a picture, and he also doesn't show you the connection to the Jewish world as well. But what what Pentecost does so well is show you the context, the, the flow of thought in the interactions that Christ is having, especially in his conversations with people. He's very mm. good at that. Um, that's a very good book. I like J.W. Shepard's The Christ of the Gospels. That's a 1930s-era book. He was a Southern Baptist uh, missionary. Okay. Yep combination of or, or synthesis between Edder Simon and Pentecost. Um, for for smaller books, I like James Stalker. He's written some written some on the life of Christ. My favorite book of his is The Trial and Death of Jesus Christ, where he's essentially examining just that last what is that 18 hours in the life yeah. of Jesus Christ. Yeah. And it's more devotional than it is academic. Yeah. But it's it's very it's a very good um, and then uh, I think – I like to find people who have expertise, expertise who will write on specific aspects of Christ. So I just – it just happens I, I finished a book just yesterday um, by a guy named Walter Chandler. It's an old book, 19th century book, uh, called The Trial of Jesus from a Lawyer's Standpoint. And it's a very lawyerly book. It's a very argumentative book, mm. and he, he walks you through – um the Jewish, the, the first Jewish trial, which which was in the, during you know before dawn, then the second Jewish trial, which was after dawn, because they couldn't really have a legal one until after the sun rose, and then of course they didn't have the power to condemn Jesus Christ to death in reality, so they had to go to Rome. So then the third trial is the Roman trial under Pilate and Herod and Pilate again, but he he walks you through all of that with a very with a very legal mindset, showing you where. And he knows his stuff, not just in a law sense, but in the Jewish and Roman law sense. Hmm. So he walks you through and shows you just error after error after error that they made in these in these trials of Jesus Christ that would have been grounds for appeal or grounds for overturning the verdict uh, based upon their own law, based upon their own testimony. You know, their 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 own Jewish and Roman law. It's it's a so it's a it's sort of a a, a narrow book, but also a deep book, in that sense. I, I like finding books like that too. I think those are helpful.
0: Yes. So, um, what's what somebody's appetite for taking your class? So, give one interesting thought that will be in the course, or some aspect that might uh, spur somebody to sign up for the class.
1: Um, what I think. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Um, that's really hard to, that's really hard to choose. (laughs) I know. Um, (laughs) But, uh, but I'll throw this out to to a listener who's contemplating whether this is, you know, they want to pursue this. I think Matthew chapter 12 and the story classify as the unforgivable sin is one of the most important passages in the New Testament. And it's a hinge pivot upon which the life of Christ turns. Hmm. Everything, you know how a hinge is what a door swings on, you know, yes. it opens and closes. Yeah. And there there are two or three of these in the life of uh, in the earthly career of Jesus Christ, that three, roughly three and a half year time span, where everything shifts and it's totally different than it was before. And this takes place, Matthew 12 is, is the summer before his death. He dies in April, so it's the summer before his death. And I don't have time here in answering this question to develop it, but I yeah. will just say that that story and that interaction is critical to understanding Jesus and understanding how the Jews responded to Jesus and why they responded that way. hmm um, The application that flows from it, if I could summarize it briefly, it would be that Jesus did his work in the power of the Holy Spirit. Yep. Specifically to be our example. Hebrews mentions that quite clearly. Yep. Not to be our example so we can go walk on water and feed five thousand people with one lunch. Yeah. But so that we can do the Father's will like he did the Father's yep. will. Yeah. And he did the Father's will in the power of the Spirit, and that same Holy Spirit is in me. Yep. And that same Holy Spirit can give me the power that Jesus had. Paul expands on that Romans six, seven, eight, but he can give me that same power to, to obey my heavenly Father the same way that Jesus did. Yep. Um we'll spend a lot of time on that particular section and uh, I think, I think our students will find it enlightening. Yes.
0: Yeah. So I, you, you basically touched on both ideas that I was thinking of as the, um, a thought, uh, some teaching and then a practical application And the practical application is what you just went through. And that, um, in the, this past fall, I did a heavy study on pneumatology, um, mm-hmm. and, that's one of the things that just um came through to me and it's interesting as you study the holy spirit and the life of christ he was very involved the holy spirit was very involved Uh, the scriptures reveal it in his life and i think and that's what i was trying to drive home too is that the reason is because he's an example uh, of that, even even to the point of his resurrections. You would know that because you wrote on that. Romans
1: chapter 8. Romans yeah.
0: 8. His resurrection yeah. was through the power of the Spirit. Of and the it's, Spirit, yeah. And then it says, and that's what you can have.
1: And it's, right, and, and, the, and the context of that is holiness. That's yes. the whole
0: context of Romans 8. And, right. it's, and you're like, wait a minute. So, and, yes. you know, so many people are trying to work up this holiness, and really, if you would just yield, as uh, that passage says, and submit to him. It's just amazing, and, and that's what's amazing to me as you think about Christ. I, it's still, um, I know that's why you mentioned this. It's one of those topics that you can uh, revel in and study, and you come back to it, and you come back to it, and come back to it, yes. because it's just like Philippians 2. I still, Philippians 2 just amazes me when it's thinking on Christ that mm-hmm. he set aside and you know, that whole debate. on So what did right. he set aside? Um, right. but it's just interesting because that Christ being God would even do that for us. is just amazing. It's an amazing thought.
1: There's, you know, as, as children of God, there is no, and no one, we ought to learn more. Yeah. And no one, we ought to be more like than Christ. Yeah. And, uh, what a, what a worthwhile study! Yes. So again,
0: pushing and challenging people. We'll put information up again. Uh, reach out to myself, or you can reach out to Bible Baptist Church there in Dubuque. You can look them up. They they you can find them through Google <laughs> Google Maps. But um, reach out to one of us. Uh, the module is on the life of Christ, and this is part one. So prayerfully, Lord willing, next year in May we'll do part two. But what we're trying to do is really do a a seminary, a graduate-level dive into the life of Christ, May 16th, 17th, and 18th. Thank you, Pastor Brennan, for your time. My pleasure. Thank you for listening to Baptist Vices. We trust you were challenged to find a biblical path for navigating through some differences within Baptist churches. Join your host, Dr. Steve Dameron, next week for another engaging podcast. May God richly bless you.